0: As you know we're finishing up our prosperity month we're using Mae mccarthy's book the path to wealth and in some ways maybe she saved the best for last so far we've been covering her seven step program uh, uh seven steps throughout the day a 40-day program uh, to bring more abundance in our lives and of course clever woman that she is defining abundance as to what Really, is meaningful for us. So, for some people, it might be uh, increased money, but for many of us, more love, more success at work—you know, whatever it is—truly, that would do, do the right thing in our lives to have more of. This is the idea of abundance, and that's the forty-day program that we've been following. And in fact, it's not too late to start. I mean, our our forty days is nearly done. But you know, on on the table when you first came in, uh, just a little cheat sheet. Uh, please make sure you have it at home because next time you're feeling the lack of something in your life, whether it's love, whether it's connection, whether it's success at work, a great time to start the 40-day program. So make sure you take one of those home and, and have it just as part of your arsenal, if you will, your, your toolbox for when you're feeling lack in your life. Okay, so today, interestingly enough, she ends the book where she started, back with gratitude again, and we are going to talk about that, um, but did you notice there's kind of an extra credit chapter at the end of the book, and so uh, knowing that we're all overachievers, <laughs> I want to start out with the extra credit part of the book, and she talks about this idea of giving and receiving, and in fact, let me, let me just do a little bit of reading about how she starts this chapter. She says, while you can't force your good to manifest instantly, there are actions you can take to help it arrive sooner. A great way to do this is to give out the same thing that you want to receive. Now, I know this may sound like a stretch, but keep an open-minded. Giving opens the way to receiving in any area of your life. It could be money, it could be love, peace, success, time, just about anything. To jumpstart the flow of good into your life, start giving something that represents what you want to receive. Whatever you give out will come back to you. Now this is a a hard one. It it really is one of the most powerful ways of seeing abundance in our lives, but it kind of goes across what our intuition saves, right? Right? Uh, the thought of, well, gosh, what I really need is more maybe material wealth in my life, so now is the time to give away more of it? Doesn't that, there's something about it that doesn't sound quite right. And for me, of course, it's seldom been money in my life, but for me, it's been time. So when someone says to me, well, maybe you should just volunteer more if you want more free time in your life, I'm like... (laughs) But you know what? I tried it this last year. Last spring, for those of you who know me well, know I was just a bit on the frantic side. You might remember uh, I had like an amazing number of things that were going on in addition to uh, uh, connection circles in the spring and just a bunch of stuff. And I was feeling totally frazzled. And I remembered this idea of give away what it is that you feel you're lacking. And so for a lot of the summer, I volunteered down then at the Q Center. And I will tell you, it made all the difference. Now, has the level of my activity decreased? I don't know. Maybe a little. But what I do know is my relationship to that activity has completely changed. I'm feeling God's ease and grace in my life still handling a significant level of activities and I owe it all to that idea of giving away what I felt most lacking so if I were to give you some homework this week and we might as well get it out of the way first of all is to analyze in your life maybe what seems like it's in short supply now it might be love It might be connection with family members. Do you see it? It doesn't have to be anything to do with money or time. But think about in your own life, if you could beef up some area of it. That maybe is another way of thinking of it. What would make the most difference? Would more time in your life make a difference? Would more money in your life? Would more love in your life? And then start giving it away. If it's love, volunteer at the Humane Society to cuddle with kittens and puppies, right? <laughs> if, it, if it's time, maybe it's time uh, Maybe it's time you want to volunteer here more at your spiritual center. We have lots of, of options for using volunteers here. It's one of the things that we do well, and, and you'll feel appreciated for it. If it's money, yes. If it's money, maybe it's time to start priming that pump, to start jumping. Uh, Jump starting that idea, that cycle of, of giving and receiving. And, and it doesn't have to be a huge sum of money either, right? It's the idea of sharing, it's the idea of re- reciprocity in the universe. That which we give away comes back to us blessed and increased. So, just a thought. I really want you to perhaps use that as your homework this week. What is it that feels like I'm in short supply? And then put together a plan for maybe starting to give away some of it. How can I be more loving if I want to get love back? How can I be more giving of my time if I'm feeling a little frantic? How can I, in a meaningful way, give away some of the good that I have with the idea it will be returned to me magnificently? So that's the idea of giving and receiving. Uh, also, you might say, well, Mae McCarthy, um, you know, she's like this new age uh, guru. Are you sure this is a sound principle? I'd just like to share a couple other ideas of giving and receiving. This one comes from Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind. In his book, Ideas for Living, he says, we should give of ourselves whether it's love, wealth, service to others, and give it in a spirit of generosity and good fellowship. To refuse to give is a refusal to receive, for everything moves in circles. Have you thought that maybe your lack of giving is actually what's causing your lack of receiving? It's worth thinking about. And then, of course, uh, you might say, well, Ernest Holmes, he's just another one of those uh, uh, new thought people. Uh, let's kick it back a couple thousand years and uh, hear the words of the master teacher Jesus. This is from Luke 6. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you too will be forgiven. Give and And it will be given unto you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, runneth over, it will be poured into your lap. For it is with the measure you give that you shall receive. And you'll notice, he threw in a couple little extra ideas in there, right? It wasn't just about money, it wasn't just about giving and receiving. He talked about condemning and forgiving as well what do you know? That's in the extra special bonus chapter in this book too. It's like she's giving us the keys of the universe, and I want to capitalize on it today. So why do you think it is that if we're judgmental, if we're standing in judgment or uh, condemnation, why do you think that has anything to do with money or abundance at all? Oh, I'm hearing crickets, that's fun. (laughs) It's actually, it's where we started four weeks ago. It's the closed-hearted syndrome, right? So think of yourself when maybe you are in a little bit of a, kind of a pissed off mood with with something that's going on or something you're really finding it hard to deal with, the natural reaction in our body and our mind is to shut down a little bit, right? It's to pull back. And you can almost think of yourselves as just getting smaller and more protective in a way. When someone has done us an injury, when we see something out in the world that's very unpleasant and seems unfair, there's a natural human tendency then to want to back away, right? We back away from the things we're afraid of. We back away from the things that don't seem right. And to kind of shut down a little bit. This is not the posture that we're in when great good comes to us, though. Now, I'm not saying that when tragedy strikes or when difficult times come that we should do nothing about it. In fact, quite the opposite. Believe me, I think those are the perfect times to stand up for what we believe is true and right and make a difference in the world. But at the same time, we can't internalize it and walk around in that place of unforgiveness and hurt. Because when we do, who suffers? It's us. Yeah. And that actually leads, of course, to the larger topic of forgiveness. Now, most of you might not realize that forgiveness is one of my primary spiritual practices. In fact, uh, those of you who know me pretty well probably are going, Larry, forgiveness and judgment? It's like, why? He's such a nice guy. What would, whatever would be there for him to forgive? Or, I got to tell you this is my number one go-to spiritual practice because all of us, all of us have places in our lives where we are holding on to resentments and fear and judgments. Now, it may not be around the people closest to us, but I can think of any number of the reasons right now in these United States where some of us may be holding resentment around people in power, around policies that are coming out. Some of us may have resentments right here in our own community around the way that uh, 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 community funds are being spent. Some of us may have resentments still around things that happened to us in our childhood. Some of us may have resentments around we were, the way we were treated and continue to be treated around the opposite sex or people in power. There are a million things to be resentful for, and the only person that hurts is you. You know there's this idea uh, and in fact I think it was in a foundations class someone divulged a bit about themselves. Something had happened um, to one of their family members and we were talking in that particular foundations class about the idea of forgiveness and this woman uh, I think very truthfully and bravely said I'm never going to forgive this SOB that did this to my daughter. And I totally get where she's coming from, but she also shared something that just isn't true. I asked what she thought that level of resentment does, and she said, he deserves that. But do you see the trouble here? The resentment is affecting her, and that creepy guy that she described in the class is just off doing his thing, right? Her feeling awful and holding on to that fear and doubt and loathing, it's shutting her down, right? Our ability to forgive is for us. Our ability to see truth and love once again in the the world is for us to move forward. When we forgive, it lets us off the hook. Now, I'm not at all suggesting we don't need to make sure our families are safe. I'm not suggesting at all that we don't need to act when things come to us that are unwelcome and undesired. In fact, that's the very time when we do need to act, when we need to stand up and, in, in, in fact, involve our friends if we, if we need support so that we can stand up in unity. Absolutely. But to hold ourselves hostage because of something that someone else did, my friends. It's it's putting the barricade on the door. And I I get that putting the barricade on the door may make you feel safer, but the barricade's on the door. Love can't get in. Joy can't get in. Additional peace, money can't get in. When uh, When our heart becomes hardened, when we do metaphorically put up that shield, it keeps everything out. Our body, our, our, uh, uh, our whole energetic system doesn't know how to selectively let love in when we're hating someone else. Our, our, our way of processing as humans, and especially our spiritual nature, we, we can't hold resentments and have a blessing of God at the same time. We just can't do it. So that's why forgiveness is my go-to spiritual exercise. And and you might say, well, gosh, by now, Larry, you've probably forgiven everyone, right? If you spend like 15 minutes every day in forgiveness, I wish it were that simple, my friends. (laughs) Nearly every day, something may present itself that seems unforgivable, right? Right? I mean, I mean, if you, if you read the newspaper or, or see the news online and you're not outraged, you're not paying attention well <laughs> enough. So, so I totally understand that it's out there, and that's why it's our number one go-to. If we want to have the open heart, if we want to literally be able to see the opportunities in front of us, our energy system has to be free to be able to perceive that. So all of the good job opportunities, all of the good love opportunities, all the opportunities for finding peace and joy, all of that comes to us only when we have the open heart. And so when Jesus talks about suspending our judgment, when he talks about the idea of forgiving our enemies... This is, the, this is the reality of it. It isn't, well, I mean, it is because it's a nice and spiritual thing to do. But it's also essential to us being able to live from that place of divine love. Really, we forgive others to allow ourselves to love freely. Okay, one other thing I want to talk about that uh, Mae McCarthy also uh, talks about in this, uh, this super secret bonus chapter. Well, it's not a secret. It's just the last chapter. Uh, but she does talk about the idea of, of using giving as a spiritual practice. And so in ancient times, it was called tithing. And I noticed she avoided the T word. Can you imagine why she might avoid the T word? Yeah, okay, all right. So, so, But you also know me. I'm not afraid of talking about anything. So the reason it was called tithing in ancient times was literally the temple expected 10% of your good and the idea was even first profit, so the, the first 10% of the grain that came into your field, or, or, or the first 10% of your flock that had increased, or, or whatever it was, that was expected to be tithed, the 10%, 10 and tithe, you know, the root words are the same, uh, to, uh, well, actually, in ancient, ancient times, it was the landowner's. Uh, But then that morphed a bit into your spiritual source as the the time went by. Okay, well it's no reason then that perhaps when the word tithing comes up, you're like, wait a minute, this is the minister trying to get money out of me. (laughs) What it really is today, what we talk about in terms of modern tithing, is simply your willingness to routinely and lovingly give to your spiritual source. So it doesn't matter how much it is, and we're really back to the idea of priming the pump as a spiritual technique for bringing abundance and love back into your life again. So it isn't the amount of it, it's the regularity of it. And why regular? Well, you probably want a regular flow flow. Back to you, too, right? I remember we did a pledge campaign a few years ago and someone was saying, well, you know, I'm having some trouble right now. How about if I just write you a check at the end of the year? And and initially I was like, well, of course, that's fine. I, and then I went, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're having trouble now, it would be better for you to even just give a dollar on Sunday than it would to save all that up and give... Us a thousand dollars. Do you see the idea here is the regularity with which we give makes sure that there is an even flow into our life, it is creating that, uh, that essential giving and receiving nature of the universe. And again, uh, although tithing talks more usually today about money, again, it works with time and service, it works with volunteerism. So, so again, whatever it is that you want. Think of truly tithing, and by that I mean regularly and consistently and meaningfully giving a part of yourself away, knowing that you're building your faith in doing that, knowing that those blessings are returned to you in an amazing way. And so again, that can fit right back into our homework. If you're most often missing time in your life and you feel your life is too busy, not only think of volunteering, but make it a regular process because you'd like to have more free time on a regular basis, not just those two weeks of vacation (laughs) once a year when you almost need a vacation to come back from the vacation, right? So think about... The idea of tithing as consistently, as lovingly, as meaningfully giving the things away in your life that are important to you and you want them to be returned as a building your faith exercise. So, whatever you've heard about tithing before, let's just put that aside. That is what we mean when we say tithing in this church, in the New Thought movement. The idea is regular giving as part of a spiritual practice. So it actually has very little, even though I know we're in a month where we're talking about um, um, doing intentional giving cards and things like that, maybe in some ways it'd be better if we switch those out. Because tithing is really for you. You know, the intentional giving cards are for our budget, and, and of course they're helpful for us, and they're part of that giving and receiving cycle. Um, but really, the idea of gracious giving, which is another way of talking about tithing, is that it benefits you, just in the same way that prayers do, just in the same way that meditation does, this is one of our spiritual practices. Okay, let me think. What else shall I talk about today? I think we're good. I do have a, a sweet joke for you, and then we'll we'll do I. And I even forgot it at the first service. So uh, anyway, a frugal member of the church council walked into his house panting and almost exhausted. "'What happened, honey?' inquired his wife. "'Well, it's a great idea I have to a better steward of our resources,' he gasped. "'I ran all the way home from the stewardship committee meeting behind the bus. "'I saved $2!' (laughs) "'Well, that isn't very bright,' replied his wife.' Why didn't you run behind a taxi? You would have saved at least $25. <laughs> Maybe $30. <laughs> alright right. I'm going to close today with a, a final quote from, uh, from Mae McCarthy on the, the whole subject of... Uh, of a 40-day abundance plan. She says, thank you for committing to make God your partnership in business and in life. You will find that as you continue you will find that you will continue to grow and prosper with joy and fulfillment as you use the daily practice consistently. And of course we've been talking this month about her seven-point plan. There is good for you always and you ought to have it. It's time for you to begin having it today. May you be blessed and prosperous. It is your divine right. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one life, one goodness. It is the infinity of all things. uh, Everything seen, everything unseen. It is all the love in the universe. It is all of the wealth in the universe. It is the universe containing everything Containing, of course, me, myself. I'm right in the middle of this limitless storehouse of all good. And as it is true for me, it is true without question for everyone in this room, everyone within the, the hearing of my voice has the keys to that kingdom. And it's about opening the heart. And so for each person here, I know there is that willingness to, to open our heart, to let go of resentments, to, to put aside uh, uh, some of the... Uh, just the ideas of not good enough that are in our lives now as we move forward into a new day of brighter prosperity. And so for each person in this room, a willingness to forgive, a willingness to let go of resentments, a willingness to open our hearts to see the possibilities of life itself. The universe is infinite. And as we approach it with our ability to receive and give, that infinity can be ours. For this certainty, I give great thanks. I give great thanks for just the givingness and grace of God as it gives, as it gives, as it continues to give. I release my prayer into the activity and action of the law itself, that law that is always responding to our thoughts, that law that at any time can respond to our gratefully held hearts. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us. donate Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.